he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement. My name is Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here with my one and only Bolotophile, Alex Apostolidis. We're here every week. Say hi, Alex. Hello. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy post-Mother's Day to you. Happy post-Mother's Day. I hope you were treated to a delightful day. I was. Um, anytime I spend time with her is delightful, but she did spoil mm-hmm. me and we oh, stopped good. for an impromptu lunch and she looked at me and said, by the way, I'm paying. I, I said, no, her. why? She said, because it's Mother's Day. I said, okay, thank you. I l- <laughs> well done. Yep. Well done, Ellie. Well done. Yeah. I'm loving you even more. And Saturday, May 8th, was our home start uh, Blue Ribbon broadcast for Bright Futures. And uh, I have to say, it was a lot of work. Uh, It was a virtual event. I think we had, at the end of the day, about 150 to 200 attendees. Uh, We used Clint Bell as our uh, MC and auctioneer, and uh, we wrote a script, a complete broadcast script two-hour script, and he was sensational uh, in his performance uh, in bringing the script together. I'll tell you, whenever I write something, it's great to have somebody who who just feels it and knows how to read what's written on the page. And honestly, I didn't have to give him one note. It's almost as though he's in my head when I'm writing. And that is the best gift. It's the best gift when you write something, because if it doesn't hit the way you want it to hit, it doesn't read, you know, it doesn't come across. He was fantastic. Ramey Sharoni was our keyboardist extraordinaire. And also you may remember in the the Needham brothers, we had a TV medley that we used to perform. Mm -hmm. Well, we turned that into a name that TV tune uh, contest uh, we didn't do any vocals, of course. He just played 14 of the tunes that were in that mel- medley uh, in order. And uh, I don't even know who won that. Uh, we also had uh, Philip from 5150 Productions out of, uh, out of San Antonio who did our trivia. And I have to say, the man knows how to run a trivia game. He really has the energy and he, he, uh, he has the right sense. He keeps it engaging and entertaining. He keeps it quick. Uh, you know, once, once we connect and we're able to pull it together, he really is great on the mic and, and oh, great yeah. in the presentation. Uh, we did it at uh, Eventivision Studios here in San Diego, right in Rose Canyon with Toby Russell and uh, Donnie Eastman and Rafa, they're A1. And they're a terrific crew. And Donnie is probably, again, 
one, he's a show caller. He is a, a video producer. He, he can run almost anything, it seems. He really just, he's one of those Renaissance men, if you will, who can do just about anything in my mind. And so he called the show and we had quite a few, we had, I think there were 14 or 15 video cues alone in this wow. two hour program. Yeah. Right. And then there were graphic cues and, and lower third cues. And then, of course, we had the MC and live music. And he just called such a spectacular show. He really did. Here's the hard thing with a virtual event. Um, we designed it so that we would invite guests to our homes and we would host a small dinner party, if you will. But it was so hard to manage the dinner without help. Uh, I think if I were to do this again, I would, I would personally want help at my house yeah. or I, and if I'm on the planning end, I would definitely, I would definitely say that in these virtual type events, dinner really is just a bit of a hassle unless again, somebody has somebody serving it to them because of course it came that day. It was delicious. It was provided by behind the scenes. And uh, we all had the tri-tip at my house and it was so tender and delicious. And the instruction was it came with potatoes and a vegetable, came with dessert and bread and salad and everything was individually packaged. And the entree itself went into the microwave for two minutes. So that was a bit of an issue because there were six people. And so I had to put each one in the microwave on its own for two minutes, right? Uh, the, the food was fantastic. The meat was so tender and delicious and juicy. It was amazing what they did and how they prepped it so that we could enjoy it. And it really was good. It, it wasn't, there was no, uh, there was no compromising where that was concerned. The meal was good. It was just in how to serve it and how to time it with this two hour virtual event in which we had so many things happening. So I would say that is something that really needs some consideration in the virtual context is the mm -hmm. meal and how that should work. And you know what, that really does inform the planner, right? Because having now gone through this myself, I don't think that I would ever recommend it again. I, I believe I would, I am now more, uh, ready to do a shorter program. And if a meal is to be provided, uh, then time it better with the meal. In other words, time the event so that the first hour is meal and the messages are a little bit more passive. And then the next hour, more interaction, engagement, fun, so that people have a chance to sit down and eat and also converse and just, you know, have a nice meal. Uh, that said, it was really an amazing fast paced two hours with three rounds of trivia, the name that TV tune, the live auction, the silent auction. Uh, and the live auction went well because we had three great prizes. We had a Hawaii trip, a Dubai trip, and uh, we had a trip to the Poconos, which is a fun little trip to take. <laughs> Uh, never been right. Never uh, been. My sister lived there for a couple of years, so I have been there. Uh, but um, 
Yes, uh, my, my parents went there for their anniversary. No, I think my sister lives somewhere else now that I think about it. There's another mountain range up there known as the Borscht Belt, mm -hmm. the, right? Yes. That's, and it's not the Poconos, it's, an, it's another one, it's in New York. Why can't I think of, of this little town? It doesn't matter. It's right I should there. know it's it, right, yeah, right? right? It's gonna pop out. Um, it's gonna pop out probably halfway through the show and I'm gonna blurt it out. Okay, great. Blurt so it out. Prepared okay. for, for a blurt out. My brother-in-law, my my second brother-in-law, was a singer comedian, uh, and he uh, performed everywhere, and uh, he is the one that introduced me. The Catskills. Catskills. That's it. Yep. The Catskill Mountains. That's right. It. Yep. He worked at a hotel there for a few years while they were married. And he, you know, introduced me to the Catskills. I was in Syracuse at the time at, at SU and I went and visited and uh, got a feel for the Porsche Belt. It's really interesting place. Uh, you, you see it uh, immortalized in the movie uh, with Patrick Swayze. Swayze, yep. And Jennifer Gray, Gray, yes. named Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing, good. Which is also a Broadway show, as I believe it was made into a show. Yes, I think it was made into a Broadway show, Dirty Dancing. I don't know that I'd be able to see that. I think it would make me too sad. Really? Was yeah. it because he's gone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although. Yeah. I mean, I watch his movies like anytime I can watch um, To Wong Fu with Love, I watch that all the time because I think he's fabulous in it. <laughs> but to watch something that he's not a part of, but yet he built the legacy of that movie, mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do it. I get, I get, I'm a weirdly emotional person. Mm. Wasn't that his breakout role? No, was it? Was it? I thought I that was his, one of his first movies. It was way before Ghost, right? Because yes, that, that yeah. was a big movie. Yeah, it was way before Ghost. So maybe it was, maybe it was. And if you're too young to have seen that movie, it is totally worth your two hours. Whoopi Goldberg alone in that movie is hysterical. She was nominated. Did she win the Academy Award for that? She's won Academy Award, so uh, I think it, it could be for that. that. Mm-hmm. So very interesting night we had with Home Start and our virtual event. I think we came very close to earning what it is we needed to earn. Uh, but I believe at the end of the day that everyone had a really fantastic time, which I think is a home run where virtual events are concerned. Well, you built a dream team. I mean, you really had a dream team. Number one, Clint is Clint. No, just he's fabulous. Whether he's live or virtual, he's fabulous. His personality is so large and warm and welcoming. And then your writing, right? I, it doesn't surprise me at all that he was able to just not need any direction. Your writing is beautiful. Thank and you. then he's such a seasoned VO person as well that he, he knows how to bring this to life. And then you have Ramey, of course, and mm. Phil. And then I, I love working with Toby and Rafa and Donnie. I, he, they're such a calm, 
force of nature. Like mm-hmm. I never feel nervous when I'm around them. I know it's going to get done and it's mm-hmm. going to get done easily. It always does. And, and uh, they go above and beyond the call of duty every single time because they are invested in the success of an event. And that's the difference between somebody who is vested in the success of your event and somebody who's just there for the money or the job. Uh, and that's why we work with Toby at Event Vision because we want that same kind of, of, of support that he gives us on, on site because we bring everything mm-hmm. to the event, right? And so it's, you look for like-minded partners and you know what they say uh, about being the change you want to see in the world? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it goes along those lines, you know? You uh, treat people with respect, you get respect back. You um, insist on um, excellence, you get excellence back because you portray excellence when you insist on it, not only from others, but from yourself. So people then give you excellence back because they see you're a person who expects it out of himself or herself, I think it all comes back to you in those same ways, in those same ways. So it's worth working on your game, practicing your technique and making sure that you can go to bat with all of your resources because it comes back to you. And speaking of that, we should introduce our guest today because she too has the same sense about work ethic and uh, how she greets the world. Well, number one, she's been at it for a long time. She has 41 years of experience, right? And uh, she's a multi-talented singer, actor, voiceover artist, amazing vocal coach to people of all ages. And she's worked with um, really some amazing people, uh, Elton John, really jealous about that. Mm-hmm. Rick Springfield, Leah Salonga, Greg Douglas of the Steve Miller Band and Steve Bishop. I mean, these are just a few. She's sung for corporations like CBS, Children's Hospital, Qualcomm, Versace, NFL, United Airlines. I mean, she's just done so much. And on top of it all, she's a mom to four beautiful children. I've had the pleasure of performing beside her, and I have seen firsthand how engaging and generous and delightful she is. In fact, Anthony, it is because of you, my friend, that I get to call her my dear friend, and I'm so blessed to have her in my life. So please, let's welcome on to the show the wonderful, talented, beautiful Miss Maddie Mills. Hello, Maddie Mills. My gosh. Hi, darlings. Hi. Hey, Alexa. How are you? I'm great. Oh, so good to see you guys. Oh, so good to see you. You look fabulous. Thank you, honey. You look you look like you're 20. What are you? Is that a filter? No, well, maybe a little, but not too much. Oh, okay. This, this is, it's, it's not 30 years worth of filter. It's what you get, baby. Oh, it's good. It's all good. I know. I didn't, I didn't bring any snacks, so... um. Sorry. Are you hungry? <laughs> no, I just thought, I'd, you know, it's a party. So I just thought I'd bring some snacks, but I didn't. That's all right. We're, we, we just had lunch and, you know, we're trying to, 
you know, watch our weight and, uh, you know, we're not snackers anyway. Got we'll it. snack okay. on you. We'll, we'll snack on you. Snack on this for a minute. Exactly. Because <laughs> as my godfather would say, you're delicious. <laughs> Just <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So okay. tell, so tell us Miss Legs. Yes. Oh yes. Senior year <laughs> in high school. I know. Right. Wow. I had no clue. Yeah. Well, I don't think you've, well, no, I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Miss Legs, my senior year in high school. That was really, that stayed with me. I think it's still kind of with me. Yeah. I so. think it, it's you, you, if you earned it kid, it's yours for the rest of your life. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Yeah. Still have them. I still have them and it's awesome. So, and was there a big prize or, or was there, was it just about being named Miss Legs? No, just a lifetime of bragging about it. So <laughs> that's <I can't>, true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Now, was there a second runner up or, or there wasn't even a close? There was no, there no, wasn't any. no, yeah. but they got other things, you know, likely. Somebody got Miss Knees, right? Miss Knees miss knees and toes and likely to succeed and all those things. So, so I have to tell you that I was actually talked into doing a leg contest when I was in high school. Oh. And I thought, oh, <laughs> my legs are hairy, so I have a chance. But then I realized that my legs are like chicken legs. <laughs> I had no chance. <laughs> when not I saw those, I was like, no, no, not even <laughs> if I shave, not even in your contest. Oh, no. <laughs> More plies for you. Oh, see, that's the thing. Great legs means great dancing. Oh, yeah. And, so, and I didn't have that either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And do your legs hurt at all today? They are fabulous. I've been up and down the stairs all day today. I'm like doing well. See, my legs always hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. You see what I mean? Yeah. God bless those legs. <laughs> Try some peppermint. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> It'll heal and cure whatever ails you. That's that's it. So you were also Miss Runner Up. Yes, I was in the Miss Yuma in the Miss Yuma contest. That's it. The now, did you live in Yuma? I did. I was born and raised there. You were. Yeah, I escaped. <laughs> so yeah, so I was born and raised there. I went to high school there and then graduated. But my senior. My senior year, I ran for Miss Yuma County. Wow. And what was that like? What did you have to do? They taught me lots of things. You know, I just kind of, I got pushed into it and supported by it because there was a scholarship involved. And so that was kind of a good thing if you ran. So at the time, it seemed fine. I learned how to walk on high heels. I learned mm -hmm. how to stand up straight. We did walk with books on our heads and like try and became, you know, contestants. That's Right. I guess I could do that. So, and it, it served your performing career, right? All of these things served you. I think it tied the, it sealed the deal. You know, it was mm -hmm. like the last couple of stitches and buttoning in a few things before I took off and went on the road with, up with people. <laughs> you meet them wherever you go. That's it, baby. <laughs> so we're very curious yes. about up with people. Oh, yes. What do you want to know? I'll tell you everything. Go ahead, Alex. Everything. I want to know how it helped your training. Um, how because it was something that intrigued me as a kid, but I grew up in Alpine and my parents worked. I didn't I didn't get to pretty much experience anything outside of Alpine. So I just want to know everything. How did it help your training? What was it like? You know, are there any little backstage fun tidbits you can share? Oh, sure. I'll tell you how it helped my training and how it is part of my life every single day since I got off the road. 
every single day I think about it. This helped me really to be free and feel comfortable talking to people. If any strangers, anyone just coming up and just saying, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? Really? I've been there too, <laughs> because I have. And, um, and how to just strike up a general conversation and ask a lot of you questions. I mean, people love you questions. You don't want to talk about yourself. You want to right. ask about them. And so I got really good at that because in every city that we traveled, we lived with those families and we had to communicate with them. Was that a function of the training of Up With People or something that, that you portrayed because of who you are? They encourage that. They encourage that you speak with your, you know, stay up with your host families and, you know, know about the country because, or the city that you're in, because you start to uh, realize that you're not in Yuma, Arizona anymore. And that there are people all over the world that even though we come from different backgrounds, we all kind of have that same, that same humanness about us, no matter where we are. And you know, you certainly learn that no matter what beds you've slept in, like a host family's bed or a kid's bed or the floor. I mean, you really had an experience of um, human people where, where they're like, you know. And an appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. the, the teaching to you is that these people are taking you into their homes. It's A, an opportunity for you, but B, it's also a way of being, showing gratefulness being gracious and participating and engaging and not just running in and out while you're there. That's it. And yeah. It so that was, that was probably one of the best parts. The show was secondary to that. It was an international show. The cast is an international cast of students from all different parts of the world, ages 18 to 24 back then. And, um, so we were on stage singing international songs, singing lots of songs about coming together and, getting along and we are many, we are one, you know, that type of thing. But it was non-religious and non-political. So that made it really kind of cool. And, you know, I traveled with people who were, you know, somebody was from Belfast and another person was another part of Ireland. Somebody was from Montreal and other people were from a different part of Canada and just talking about the differences. <clears throat> There's some people who didn't speak English at all and learned how to speak, you know, English on the way. It was just really a it's just quite an experience and we've definitely travel show travel into the city and you set up your equipment and you rehearse and you have your lunch and you do your sound check and then you do your show and then you sell albums if you you know like merch mm -hmm. so people are selling programs and albums back then mm -hmm. um and you just get to know people you know you just ask oh what's your name oh cool it's nice to meet you and it's just you know, that's just what it was. So right. that was awesome. Fun. So yeah. fun. Now, when you stayed in your in, in with these host families, was it just you or was it a couple of kids staying with the same family? So you had a little support network or were you just pretty much on your own in that house? Sometimes it was myself and sometimes I had a roommate. So it wasn't, it just depend. it just depended on how many students they could take in. So it was um, always something different and you never mm -hmm. knew what host family you were going to go with, you know, and <laughs> where, where is up with people today? Do you it's know? Colorado. Uh, they mm -hmm. moved from Tucson and they moved to Denver and right now they're not touring, of course, um, mm -hmm. but they're very virtual. They were, you know, have been virtual with some 
songs and alumni coming together, of course, during you know, COVID. So, um, so they are still planning and hoping to be able to have the opportunity to perform and travel again. So I hope that happens because it's really a great experience. It really was, just, just stays with you. Now, How many countries did you travel to? Um, I would say a lot, but maybe, I don't know, Ireland, England, Belgium, Holland. I was in Yugoslavia when it was Yugoslavia. Um, just a lot of Europe. I did not go to Asia, but I did go to, um, I did go to the Canary Islands, which is like on the west coast of Africa. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of time in Sweden, a lot of time in Mexico, Italy. Missed a bus here and there, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was fun, you know. You just kind of learn how to survive a little bit. And for for how long did you do that? I did it two, for two years, years. Um, three years. Two, I think it was three years. So the first year you travel as a cast member, and the second year I was hired back for one hundred and twenty five dollars a month. Uh, wow! I got to be a dance captain or assistant uh -huh. dance captain, and it was cool because I mean they cover your transportation and food and your you know, hotel or host family, if you were a staff member, you got to stay in a hotel. But I got to be trained and got to learn how to be a dance captain and learning of all the aspects of show management and lighting and all that great stuff. So yeah, um, I think I got to raise my second year. It was like $150. Wow. <laughs> I know. I was just rolling. You were highfalutin. I was rolling in the dark. <laughs> No, I can really appreciate that training. Uh, like Alex, I didn't really have uh, access to up with people, even though we had a great choir in high school. I mean, we just didn't, down in Miami, I don't know where we was, but it wasn't an up with people. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't even know about it. However, that said, what an incredible experience from so many different angles. And uh, it'd be great to see them get back on the road today. We need that more than ever. I today think so. i think so and you know what brought them all brought everybody together was the music mm -hmm. and music that's why they call it just <laughs> y'all that's the medicine you know that's mm -hmm. that's we need that and um and what it does not just you know you know it feels good you hear a good beat you want to dance and you want to sing it just gets us going and it, elevate, it elevates our mood but yet when you consider it it really is an essential part of our lives. Mm -hmm. We've got to keep singing and keep dancing in your socks and sliding down your hall and just <sighs> keeping the joy. You know, we have to have that in our lives. So. We sure do. And I think the older we get, the more we realize that, right? If we're smart, because it's harder to have joy as to find joy as you get older, right? it's harder to find those truly surprising moments. Uh, and so being open is important, right? Or you'll never yeah. find them. Yeah. Do yeah. you dance in your hallways? Um, I'm, you know, I dance up my stairs. I'll like sing up my stairs. <laughs> I can't slide down my hallways, but you know. <laughs> but you sing up your stairs. I go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I have a little guinea pig and she goes, me, me, me. Like, okay, yes. <laughs> life. A friend, a friend once told me he sang on the pot because it oh. helped him. Oh, singing yeah, on the course. pot. Yeah. And you know why? <laughs> We're too deep, but it's the diaphragm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
you know, so you guys know, right? So it's yeah. shaking things up down there. Oh, it's all that breathing. Let's just get it moving. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how we deliver babies. Sometimes those that have, have had children, you know, you do that. Some do Lamas. You just take a big breath and you just breathe and, oh. Boy, do I know. You know? <laughs> You've been there. Boy, do I know. Oh, gosh. No. I should have invited you to the delivery room. <laughs> you should have. I probably would have oh, would you come? Please come. <laughs> sure, <see>. sure. <laughs> For you, anything. BYOB, bring your own baby. Exactly. <laughs> so the other, the other really beautiful, positive thing about Up With People, um, and it's something that you carry with you today, is the focus on you and the focus on other people. And it's one of the it's one of the skills, talents, uh, traits that you have that make you so good in the event and hospitality industry as a performer, because you have never been the type of performer who is on stage uh, por- portraying the energy that you're so happy to be watched, <laughs> you're so happy to be seen and heard. <laughs> And I've seen that. And aren't you lucky to be seeing and hearing me? (laughs) You, on the other hand, are joyful and uh, so generous with your emotion and your joy. And you just you just give it freely. And uh, and and you're training and up with people. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I, I like to say a lot because your training with up with people has trained you to do something. Not even the finest actors can do necessarily. It's a certain kind of breaking the fourth wall training, the ability to go out and greet people and sort of shove down any fear you have of that. Mm-hmm. And go out there and focus on the you, on them. On them. Uh, and, you know, and I make this point because I have worked with people who have asked me for certain artists or, or actors that they've seen uh, doing roles in film or in television and and not that they can't, but those people are not always the best suited for an interactive, engaging kind of event or experience. Sure. It's because somebody is a celebrity, it doesn't make them a good conversationalist. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something we all have to just realize. Yeah, yeah, because some just like to retrieve, you know, because they're out there so much, they just want to have their space. And I respect that, you know, you understand it. But I too, you know, when you're out there a lot, it does take a day to kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, unplug, right? You know, right? Because you've given it all away. Yeah. You know, you've got to re, you've got to refresh and rebuild. Yes. Yeah. I remember. Oh, this must have been in the '90s. We booked uh, Otmar Liebert, who is a classical guitarist, a really beautiful guitarist, and I remember. That was when it hit me for the first time when I asked him in between his songs if he would just engage the audience and tell them a little bit about the song and maybe his inspiration. And he said flat out, no. Okay. I said, okay. I couldn't understand because I was so young. Why? He couldn't just talk to people. What's yeah. so hard? <laughs> you know, it, didn't, it just did not dawn on me. And then, of course, as I matured, I realized well, some people are just not so comfortable with yeah. that you know and he so- escapes in his music you just are you just happen to be there yeah with him yeah. right it doesn't make him the best for these kinds of things 
because not everybody can do that. And some no. people you're asking, how much can I pay you not to speak? And, you know, right. <laughs> yes. I had a couple of those too. <laughs> you know, I, just, I love you, but how much do you want? Or can you sing instead of talk? <laughs> yes. <something. laughs> yeah. Well, what's so great about you, Maddie, too, and I've witnessed this firsthand, is how present and in the moment you are. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. I've seen you performing on stage, singing in the band, and you're very present and connecting. I, mm -hmm. I was uh, telling Anthony about this experience a couple of years ago when we were the Sanderson sisters. And I started to walk up to you because you were engaging with kids and I was going to come be your sister and start, you know, and I backed right off because you had this little group of kids looking up at you with such love and you were engaging with them. And it was such a, just a genuine, beautiful, magical moment. And I went, oh. I'm not going near that because it, it, it was this very bonding moment that you had for those kids. It was really lovely to see. Oh, thank you. I love it. Magical. Sincerely, sincerely do love that. I'd like to ask you about being with the heroes for 30 years as a lead singer and bandmate. And yeah. what are some of the tools necessary to be in a band 30 years and sing with people i know you love those people i know you're still <laughs> good friends with them today yeah so it's 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 it goes over and above that because spending 30 years with people you love still takes work yeah right yeah, sure. so just just i'd love to for those in the audience that are thinking about putting a band together or have a band and they're thinking about this type of work live event work, what it takes, and you know, a few of the things that you experience that you might not mind sharing. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, <laughs> that such a cool experience. I love all those guys. I just think it's really, you got to have a lot of just humility and, and understanding and respect that there's a leader of a band. If that's how they're going to run it, then that's what they need to do. It's like, you know, Tom Boyd, an amazing guy who has that band and has had it for that long, you know, remains the, the, the leader, you know, and we have our opinions and we'll share and we'll laugh about it or whatever. And, you know, and sometimes that helps change the, a decision or not, but um, letting him be the leader and understanding what their love language is. Seriously, it's like you there's leaders of all different types, but if you're going to have a band, um, you know, last as long as this one did, I mean, there's other bands I do know that run a democracy and they make a group decision, but this mm -hmm. was coming from, you know, from a while ago, and this is how he chose to run the band and still does. And so you just, you respect it, you know, right. we all grew up with, you know, starting to know more about each other and how to speak to one another, which mm -hmm. made it, you know, you don't want to rattle the cage or like, you know, you can have your opinion, but, um, you know, speak your piece and it's going to be what it is, but yet it wasn't so horrible, you know, which just like anything is up and down sometimes. So he, so, so Tom, I assume ownership comes with the founding of a band the putting together of the pieces, the having the vision of what it could be, which which was Tom all the way. 
at the very beginning, I assume. Yeah, pretty much. And so you talk about that sort of leadership role and the rest of you being, I would assume, kind of employees, right, of the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there is the other, the other uh, formula where everybody in the band is a partner in the band. Yeah. Have you worked in those situations? Where everybody's a partner yeah. and has a say-so? Or worked yeah. with bands where everybody's a partner and has a say-so? There's a lot of emails. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> oh, gosh. And a lot of... You know, bre- Go ahead. Brevity is king. You know, it's yes. like, tell me what you want, tell me what to sing, and I'll do it. You know, where, where we... Okay, tell me where to go, what time you want me there, and I'll do that. And you have other bands that, that you know, that are democracy... And it's, you know, what do you, when do you want to do it? It's that thrown out there. I don't know. It's a discussion, you know. It and, takes time to, right. Oh, yeah, so, right. They get it done. Right. And that's all good. You know, it's just. Right. I, so you're, you're really speaking to the advantages of leadership and having somebody who's taking the bull by the horns, making the decisions. Yeah. And then you just have to follow and you don't have to worry about thinking. You could just go along and do your thing. Yeah, I mean, if you love what you do, and of course, if, if something doesn't work out, of course, you're going to speak up about it. You know, it's about communication, right? Right. Got to communicate. Can't go in a corner and right. You know, and, rah, rah, rah. and it speaks to Tom as well as it speaks to all of you that have been in the band as long as you have. You left the band, yes. but after 30 years, right? We've said uh-huh. that a few times, yeah. and Tom <laughs> still has the band for yeah. more than 30 years. So yeah. it speaks to both of you that you got along for that many years together that you're still friends. It speaks to him as an owner that he's able to take the criticism when it comes and willing to make changes when they're necessary to keep his people happy. Obviously he listens and he, he activates when necessary. Otherwise it wouldn't have been a 30 year relationship if you hadn't felt heard and there wasn't any communication. And it was a journey along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't perfect along the way. Um, well, certainly there were times. Do you sure. understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? It's <laughs> my favorite line. Come on. <laughs> I mean, there are times like that. And, but yet with each time that that happened, you're a step closer to understanding. You're a step closer to learning, like at least for on my end, learning, okay, where exactly are they coming from? Okay, I get it. All right, that's cool. I love what I do. I love singing. I love performing. I love, I love you know, entertaining and helping San Diego keep the joy because, you know, we get so many out-of-towners that come here. We got to have mm-hmm. fun, you know. And you're talking about compromise, really, which is which is necessary in any any relationship, yeah. any relationship. But when you when you have a professional relationship such as a band, it's even more important because you are not a band of one. You're right. a band of seven or six or 10 or 12. And if you can't think like a th- a team member, you shouldn't be in a band. Yeah, and it boy, and you can sure tell when there's a when there's a wagon wheel kind of wobbly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and you just don't know if you're gonna make it to the other side, or not. you know. And and you <laughs> just punt. Yeah, you know yeah. all kinds of situations, but yet, you know, it's like more so than ever. I'm really realizing that it's about our journey. You hear it, oh, it's the journey, not the destination. And you hear it when you're younger and you're like, yeah, 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 but I'll get there. I'm gonna get there, you know? But you get there every day you get there. And every day you don't know your steps you're gonna take, but when you take those steps and look back, it's about appreciating those steps that you took, you know? So um, 
this all comes in time, <laughs> you know, just to go through the life that we all have to go through mm -hmm. to understand that. Absolutely. I also think that once you get a little older, you realize there is no, well, there is a destination, but it's not exactly the one that you thought it <laughs> would be. So let's just enjoy the journey. Exactly. Well, you can choose to enjoy it or you can choose not to, but either way, there's somewhere where you're going to and why waste all that time not enjoying yeah. the journey? Why waste it? Yeah. Because you're taking it regardless. So be happy or don't be happy. But I mean, it took me a long time to really, re I, I heard it, I spouted it, but it really is in the last year that I've embraced yeah. happiness as a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Same here. As yeah. I got older, I realized it really is a choice. Yeah. And it's funny because I've, I've tried to convince my mother and father that it's a choice. It's too late. They yeah. do not believe it's a choice, but yeah. it is. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. You, just, you have to choose it. As sad as that may seem. Yeah, no. But once you choose it, it's no longer sad. No. It just seems sad. I mean, I have to choose happiness. It just can't be. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah. So what are some of the things you learned along the way uh, with regard to this industry and the people that we we entertain you've because you've not only been a singer you've also managed bands and managed yeah. offices and you you know you've booked bands you know what it's like so yeah i've had the i've had the lion's share of all of it like just like you said booking and dealing with entertainers and dealing with uh party planners and people who are putting on the party it's like i've had all aspects of it and um it's about people. <laughs> it's just about <laughs> communication, you know, communicating, you know, being impeccable with your word and exactly what, you know, what you're going to say and being kind and, and always allowing that person to have that freedom to okay, create, tell me what it is that you'd like. It's a great idea. Okay, I have a suggestion. Let's try this. So I'm always trying to, to bring that in and, and, and just kind of make it so inclusive like you know that everybody is like that's a great mm -hmm. idea okay great what do you have i learned that from up with people mm -hmm. that was an up with people thing that's a great thing you to know, learn where the leader just said that's super you want to sing on the steps of the united nations fantastic i'm going to put you in charge like what well, make it happen <laughs> you know you said it you dealt it you know so it, it was kind of cool um because i think our dreams and our, our concepts and ideas like for show people who are creating shows are they're very important there's no dumb ideas you know if you want to blow up in a 12 foot dinosaur in the middle of the stage that's that's mm -hmm. cool you have a budget for that mm -hmm. okay so let's cool. let's work that around so you know you know mm -hmm. yet um but i also think yeah. that um what it takes to do this is really very acute communication skills because people aren't always very good at describing what it is they mean especially in the world of entertainment uh they're just there it because it's a feeling right so they're trying to describe a feeling so unless you're really meticulous in your communication and you're listening you're not going to get it i i've seen right. so many conversations go astray because yeah. 
I could see, oh, they're not really connecting on this point. They think they are, but they're not. So you're, you're being in tune with people and focusing on people is key mm -hmm. to that. And you know what helps that is being in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody have that t-shirt or that coffee mug? That's another one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's so, it's so major wherever you are, be there. Just, yes. You know, and listen, it's, it's a, yeah. And here's another thing that you do uh, naturally. You don't make it about yourself. And I mean that in these terms, when you don't make it about yourself, it's actually easier mm -hmm. because you've taken yourself out of the equation. Right. And, and by that, I mean, not necessarily making the show about you, but that conversation is all about you, right? If you're not responding correctly and giving generously and accepting ideas when they come and being open-minded, if you're not doing those things, then you're really not engaging. Right. And you're really not connecting with people. Yeah. It's, uh, yes, it's very important for just taking a time like an actor would, you know, taking a moment like in acting, they teach you how to just take that space, take a breath, be there, create, then, you know, go, you know, take that moment. And um, I think when you're starting off and just singing, you just want to go out and sing and hey, you know, hey, uh, you don't really think about that. It's about the excitement and it's about the, you know, people having a feedback. Yay, that's good. It's about all that, you know, but it goes way deeper than that. It goes right. so much deeper than that. But if you focus like you do on the people and ra rather than, oh, I'm up here singing. I better look good. You know, if you put the focus on other people, it's less nerve wracking because yeah. you realize it really is not yeah. about me. And in fact, I could be any singer on the stage in any dress, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't really matter. What matters is how they feel. Yeah. And it's tough, uh, you know, yeah, it's tough. Celebrities, right? Yes. You see that with celebrities is trying to break away and, and people are grabbing. I just want to be like that. You know, just mm -hmm. I know them. And they're, you know, they're really, as you know, just regular folk <laughs> that have a cool gig. Right. Right. And, um, and they really are. And it's, it says a lot when you've got like an audience of like, you know, like 5,000 people and you let the responsibility and you give it back to them. And it's like, everybody scream. Ah! You know, you hand the right. microphone out and you just tell them what to do. You just, everybody jump, let's do it. It's like this energy, this collective energy mm -hmm. of just happiness is what, that's what we all want to feel. That's what they all mm -hmm. are there for you know, just to kind of forget about stuff for a while. And you have a good time. So special, you know, when you're connected with somebody and you're looking in their eyes for mm -hmm. that moment, you just make them feel a little extra special. Yeah. We all want that. You know, we all want to know we matter. Yeah, of course. Even if we're out dancing. And when you do that and they feel like they matter, that they're important, just something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. really make a day change a day it's a fun thing we do right it's a fun thing to go out and perform and entertain and do all the things but you know again i'll just say it just goes way deeper than what we're doing it's deeper it's deeper than that it's deeper than just 
booking the gig and planning the party and talking to the client, making sure everything is perfect in the band. It's just deeper. And not everybody is consciously aware of that. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and, 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 and maybe they don't need to be. They just need to feel what it is we want them to feel, right? It's, it's what all of the planning and the organization is for. Yes. Um, so that they, you know, it's sort of what's that analogy if you, um, you know, if you're noticing the set in a movie, then the movie must not be very good, you know, yeah. because <laughs> you're not focused on what's really, you know, what should be pulling you in. Yeah. It's, I think it's the same thing when you get pulled in uh, and the emotion and the excitement is in the air, then you're not focused on the tiny things. You're focused on the energy, on the fun. And the minutia sort of goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love knowing about why are we performing for this group? What's the deal? Mm-hmm. You know, and the goal, the objective, right. What's the goal and who are they? And what's right. the fundraiser for? And what is this, you know, and there, there have been so many times in the past where I would just jump into a gig. It's like, oh, I got to show up at here. Or you hear it on the radio. Oh, I've got a gig. That's cool. You know, <laughs> wherever you right. get it from. <laughs> and then you get there, but, you know, and then you don't really realize until you realize afterwards, oh my gosh, I didn't even know it was that person. You know, because sometimes that will happen. And um, I think it's, I think it's cool to know, you know. Why well, the prep, to- yeah, the prep work is really important. And I think it's a good point because, you don't always get the information that you even ask for mm-hmm. from from clients because you know the time or they're they're flustered or and you know they just want a band and you know you don't need to know yeah but they don't realize the nuances that they're missing out on if you do know yeah yeah they just want to fill that gap so right. you know it's just right just bring the putty over here let's just fill that gap over there or just food over there and right. you know and hopefully yeah. in the in the in your approach you're hoping to you know, maybe just educate them a little bit by asking them questions and letting them know how important it is that you get these answers and, you know, as, as nice a way as possible. Uh, And then hopefully you get them so that you can show them why having this information is so key. And ideally somebody will come up to them at the end of the night and say, oh my goodness, they were so good. And they knew all this stuff, you know, whatever it is, and they, mm-hmm. they picked me out or whatever it is that made somebody feel special Yeah, uh, that you were able to do because you had the information you needed. That is what it's about. And if, if that, hopefully you're educating people along the way and they're getting it. Yeah. Some of them and never will, but hopefully some of them yeah. are. But they, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Right. Right. And, and right. that was such a great night. And I got called up on stage and I got to hold the bass guitar. And, you know, it's it's those fun moments when you engage with people. It's cool. And that's the that's the fun that we get to have. Right. We yeah. get to hopefully give people moments that they'll remember for a lifetime. Yeah. That's the fun. Yeah. In you a good gave, way. You know, yeah. you you gave me that moment, Anthony, one time. We were I did. Show. You did. It was hilarious because we were both in a show and we were doing a hairspray thing. And I had a quick change from that was just like impossible. And I had people like I ran backstage. <laughs> I'm like, hair, <laughs> my arms are open. And people are just like taking my clothes, like putting things on. Of course, it was like other undergarments on, but it was like this quick change. And you were there. And I was like, okay. Thank you, Andy. See why? And and you split after that. I think you had to go like I don't know somewhere, and then the show was over, and like I never saw you again 
for a few years. <laughs> what, what was, was that our hairspray thing? Or? It was a hairspray thing. It, it was hairspray. And I remember somebody twirling up on stage. Yeah. Yeah. We was, did it. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I have a very faint memory of that night because we did hairspray and we did Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Yeah. It was frantic. It was, was frantic. Yeah. We did medleys from both. And I do think I ran out of there at the end of the night for some reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You had to go someplace or there was another event or something, but that was hilarious because you were an angel. Like I was like, oh my God, I don't know. You're a very important part of my quick change. <laughs> and then you were gone. I never saw you. <laughs> like two years is gone. Poof. I, I, I'm a quick change artist. That's in a snap and it disappears <laughs> and then i leave right <laughs> like you do because <laughs> you know too we, much of me is not a good in our life <laughs> oh yeah so you also worked at sea world i did yeah as a show producer show producer how, how long did you work at sea world and mm -hmm. and what was that experience like? i worked there for like about five years loved the job it was like being on the old Dick Van Dyke show and there's oh. Rosemary and there's like, you know, the writers sitting on the desk, you know, yes. Okay. We need eight by tens of some dogs, you know, we're gonna put this on a show. <laughs> I was, um, I was a show producer for the show city streets. And, um, but I started off as a dolphin announcer and, um, warm up the crowd and can anybody uh -huh. juggle, you know, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. and, and then I got pulled into, you know, being part of the creative process of putting city streets together. And it was um, just amazing. It was just so much fun. We needed skateboarders and roller skaters and BMX bikers and dogs and trained animals and people and everything. And just putting the story together, which is very similar to an up with people type of a show, you know, mm -hmm. without the animals and things. And right. um, I spent many hours at SeaWorld you know, driving around in the little Daihatsus at two in the morning, focusing lights. <laughs> That's what I do. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> Rehearsing when the, when, when the park closes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, you know, that was really a cool experience. Really got to know theme park and understand that whole thing about theme park and the behind the scenes and hidden speakers and, you know, show when, sh when this show releases, when the audience leaves, they're walking this way and people are walking. It's crazy. Just the whole crowd thing. The logistics yeah. and the crowd flow and movement. and Yeah, that was a, a blast. So I got to write and direct. And what ended that gig? Um, there was an attempt to take over by a British company that kind of lowered the stock of Harcourt Brace and Jovanovich that owned... SeaWorld at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it it dropped to the stock and they were like, ah, everybody panicked. So they had to let go of a lot of people. And and the ones that stayed were doing, you know, sound, mm -hmm. cleaning a pool, um, you know, just everything. Um, and it was it was a tough, it was a tough one. It was a tough transition for a lot of those folks that had to stay. I was the one that had to go. And, but it was actually fine. I mean, I, I, uh, I loved the people that I worked with and they felt so bad. And I said, it's all right. You know, I learned a lot here. I'm just carrying this on to the next thing that I got to do. So I'm appreciative of the, the time I had here. You know, that was, it was awesome. And sure mm -hmm. enough, that's 
when I, I went right into becoming an agent and booking bands. That's, I think, shortly after that is when I started doing. Ah, for who? What is her name? Is it Corinne? Is it Corinne Cowenberg? She hadn't, no. not that time, no. was her name Brenda? She had a, a partner, a boyfriend that worked with her. They had an office in Pacific Beach. I think her name was Beverly. It started with a B. And oh, I met her once. Can't even remember. And we were doing just little bookings, you know, it's just mm -hmm. telephone and like paper and no, right. you know, it's just right. pencils, you know, back in those days. Right. Interpreters, right. fax uh, machines. Pagers. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. So yeah, I did that <laughs> and I, I liked it. And then uh, somehow, um, oh yeah, I knew Corinne because she actually was the one that found, uh, was helping the heroes kind of become like the Mardells in a way. Or, right, know, so, right. Hey, you've got two girls, let's get two girls, you know? <laughs> so, huh. so I knew her from there. And then, um, so I started doing that. And then I started, then I got a job with Corinne being her co-agent and we worked at a place called Folk and Morrow Talent, which was a talent buying uh, place right next to the belly up. So we would represent all those guys, uh, blues bands and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was in Corinne's office and we worked together, you know, booking events and all kinds of events, you know, and doing contracts and stuff like that. So I stayed with her for, for a while and then I got hired back at um, at Falcon Morrow Talent and became an assistant to to Kevin Morrow, who was the Morrow part. And mm -hmm. he just like what an experience. I mean, he managed bands, and we babysat. I would make tour books, like um, you know, put together. Okay, here's your itinerary. This is where you're staying. Getting all that stuff together, you know, answering the phone. This hi, Falcon mm -hmm. Morrow Talent. And I was right. actually uh, there the day that he got the phone call um, about a project called House of Blues. And it's gonna be like a live show and Dan Eckward's in it. And, you know, he's part of a partner and like, you know, you guys represent blues people. And so do you think Kevin might wanna do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, hold the line, please. I like put it on hold, the little phones with the buttons. And I look at Kevin, I'm like, Kev, and he sits back in his chair, who is it? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a great idea. So I told him he got on the phone and kind of like the rest was history because from there he um he got picked up and taken and started opening up House of Blues across the country and then House of Blues turned into Live Nation and then he got moved right Hollywood to New York and then he lived in New York. I was like, wow man, you're that's so awesome. It was great to see that. Great to see that take off. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And working with bands is interesting, isn't it? Oh, it's yes. Especially very managing, interesting. Especially yes. managing artists. That was oh, yes. Fun. It's a it's not a cakewalk, that's for sure. No. You cannot be <laughs> faint of heart. Yeah, that was yeah. I yeah, that's I grew up a lot learning a lot of stuff like that. Do you have any funny stories? Any 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 memory that might stand out as something ridiculous Absolutely. that may have happened? Oh. Okay, do you mind sharing okay. one? Oh, 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna share it right now. Okay, so working at Falcomaro Talent, we represented a group called the Five Blind Boys of Alabama. And uh, they are Grammy-winning, a Grammy-winning group of blind singers that come from, they came from this one blind school in particular, can't remember where, and they just trained and sing across the country and uh, bring the houses down in bars and in just everywhere because they'd start singing gospel music and, you know, everybody's cheering on and the guys on the floor going, Jesus, Jesus. And everyone's like holding up their beers and they're like, yeah, this is like, wow, this is cool. So they're such a fun band. Um, and so we were representing them. And of course I typed up the contracts for Kevin and we had little Charlie and the Nightcats, the Blind Boys of Alabama, Charlie Musselwhite, just like all these cool blues, blues guys. I'm getting these contracts going, I'm typing away and I'm taking and putting it in a, like a nice little envelope and like in the thing and those and <laughs> it off. And I inadvertently sent um, the, Five boys, five blind boys contract to the little Charlie gig and the little Charlie gig to the five gig. But Charlie caught it and the blind boys didn't. And my I my argument was well, who's writing the contract? Nobody <laughs> apparently. <laughs> what happened? So <laughs> that was a snafu. But um it did get resolved because luckily those venues weren't too far from each other so they did the little presto change <laughs> and they all made it there but that was a nightmare that was a nightmare. i'm sure you were freaking out yeah yeah and kevin was calmly freaking out uh, how do you calmly freak out inside you, just, you don't inside. You just don't react you just have right. this look on your face <laughs> right right and you and hope an it blows over and an exhale that you just can't ever forget right right that's, that's <laughs> a sigh of relief yeah like, i heard so, one wow that could have that could have been cantankerous that could have been horrible horrible so, <laughs> but it turned out okay and yeah. it was you know just a mismailing of <laughs> this is the mail for pete's sake you know, you said yeah. you you did you you know you had to put tour books together, and all I could think was, now remember, folks, there was no Google, there were no websites. You had to call and wait for things information to come to you so you could put it in a book. Yep. I assume that took a lot of time. Yeah, because it occupied all the time. You're calling yeah. Hotel Six. Mm -hmm. How much is it a night? Thirty nine, twenty nine dollars a night. You know, setting it up and. Oh, oh, yeah, it was everything. That was my job. Wow. I was happy you, when the tour left, you know. You could actually get a room for $29.99. I know. And That's, a decent room. And a decent room. Right. So That yeah, ain't true no more. No. Yes. Yeah. It's, of course, it's all slick now, of course, we, as you know. And so, you know, most recently, I'd like working with other bands, um, a band out of Orange County and a few bands here in San Diego, and I didn't want to become an agent. I just wanted to become a liaison. So it was like helping those bands out. Like, hey, you want me to reach out to these people and I'll mm -hmm. send them back to you and you execute the contract and then we'll work it out. Cause it's, you know, I just loved talking and communicating and seeing what was going on and uh, going out and seeing some of these destination companies and meeting the people that are there. And 
that's really slick. And when you think about it, these are the people that move the commerce to the cities, like mm -hmm. in LA and in Orange County and San Diego. That's what keeps us all alive. Is these mm -hmm. people that are just coming in, you know? That's right. You know. It's new so, money to the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can't really ever, you know, look cross-eyed at it because it's new money coming into your city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're part of building that. We're part of maintaining that and keeping that alive. So. Um, yes, and I was talking to the San Diego Tourism Authority a couple of weeks ago, and they are preparing for the city to open so that we can start welcoming meetings back to San Diego. And I believe the state cap now is 3,000. So that's very doable. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, it's very doable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're headed in the right direction finally. So what will you do now? Will you will you continue? We haven't talked about your teaching at all, but you do teach. I do teach. Uh, yeah. Will you continue to teach now and will you continue to to be liaison for any bands or do any yeah, other work? Yeah, you know, if it, if it fits in, you know, it's it's interesting. I uh took to teaching. I absolutely love love it. And um it's it's just been such an interesting experience to see people, you know, on a one-on-one -on -one, listening to their voice and just listening to a different way and helping them succeed. I mean, and I'm talking from beginners to the ones that are experienced, but the ones that are experienced, they don't need to keep coming all the time. They just come in and right. touch base and, you know, right. they a, tune, a tune up, a little tune up. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I, I'll work with the basics of how it is to maintain your voice. And it's not just singing, it's also speaking. And, you know, I've got a lot of people who are professionals that talk all day long and their, mm -hmm. their voice is kind of low, like a oh, vocal fly. Because they're you not know, supporting so. it with their breath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting it out of the way. So it's, it's fun to show them all different things, you know, to do to rehabilitate their voice. I'm not a speech therapist, but I can certainly, you know, help, help ease that that heaviness so where the future lies for me is just you know hey what are you doing tomorrow <laughs> i don't know it's just this is kind of cool i'm it's nice to take a step and just kind of see what happens kind of waiting for things to open and you know check all that stuff mm -hmm. out i love i'm still producing i'm still producing in the the studio and um a couple of videos and maybe a stream event here or there so I'm still involved with that on the outside of teaching. And that's a lot of fun. And um, so we'll see. I don't know. I, it's kind of cool. Maybe some industry stuff would be cool working with some behind the scenes, you know. Yes. But yes, it's kind of cool. Well, you never know what will come your way. I know. You never just... know, right? That is cool. <laughs> and, the, and as the world opens up, everything will open up and things will look different. People will want to do things differently. So it's it's going to be a whole new ball game once once the rubber hits the it's pavement. Already, yeah. yeah. Because, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we're seeing what's happening in the restaurant industry right now. I don't know if you're aware, but they're having a hard time getting people to come back to work. And yeah. I, I have a feeling the same is going to be true for some of these low-paying warehouse jobs that people have had in our industry, uh, I think it's going to be tough. And I think we need to be aware that service levels 
are not going to be great when we get back to it. I think we all need to start telling ourselves that now. Yeah. Because it's going to save us a lot of frustration later. Yeah. Take a deep breath. People have patience. You know, mm -hmm. it's just we're just turning turning another page, another chapter. Just so interesting how all this stuff happened the way that it did and and seeing the, seeing it come back. I don't know. This is all exciting as we repair and heal. So how, when was the last time you read the four agreements? Um, it was in my car, probably like six years ago, seven years uh, ago. Yeah. Because you referenced it. So uh, yeah, I, uh, of course that uh, was a page turner. You, I couldn't put it down. That was a, right. Right. Uh, be impeccable with your word. Absolutely. Was what, uh, Maddie said, and that's one of the four agreements and it's, it's a beautiful agreement. Uh, yeah. the, the other three are don't take things personally. Uh, I think one of them is don't make it about you. No. What is the other one? There are two others that I should remember. Oh, geez. Be impeccable with your word. Don't you? take things too personally or personally, actually. Uh, don't assume. Don't make assumptions. Yes. Don't think you personally, don't make assumptions and always do your best. And always do your best. And your best will be different every day. But yes, just sir. always do your best, right? That's it. That's it. That's it. And laugh, laugh, laugh. Keep laughter in your life, y'all. Yes. And it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing how freeing those four agreements are when you agree to them. Yes. And how much you can free yourself from uh, feeling guilty, from saying things you don't mean, from getting caught up in emotions that you don't want to be caught up in. Yeah. It's it, the four little simple little things. All a part of our life lessons, really. Seriously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so can you tell us? Uh, oh, we have just a few more minutes with okay. you. So I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. And that is um, actually, I'd like for Alex to ask it. Please. Because I really noticed this about you, and it's something that I'm trying to embrace. It's how you maintain boundaries in this industry, especially, you know, trying to maintain your boundaries, a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, you, um, you're a cancer survivor. And how do you do all that and work in this industry and keep the amazing attitude that you have? Oh, that's such a great question. There's this word, it's called no. <laughs> it's just such a great word. No. <laughs> it really is a beautiful word. You know, but I, it was like really hard for me to say no, because I, I really wanted to make people happy and like please them. And then it just starts draining your soul account. And if you don't put that boundary, you know, it's you shall die sooner than later. And it was just taking that moment just to go, I'm sorry, it's not going to work out. You know, just there's, a, there's many different ways to say no, and you can say no, or just say no. Um, if something seems like it's just going to press down, you know, I think the hardest thing for me was to leave the heroes. And that was a boundary that I ha had to do, you know, but, you know, it was, it was amazing. I just called Tom and he was, I said, Hey, Tom, and he just says, you're quitting. I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> he said it for me. It was awesome. uh, an owner always knows. Well, <laughs> he knows, you know, it was like, yeah. Oh my God. But you know, since then I've gone back to 
perform every once in a while I'll, I'll still sing with them so that's kind of a cool thing but setting those boundaries yeah of just of of really taking your own little test is it weighing heavy on your chest then get, then then you gotta dial back you know mm. dial back and um and let go and let go because it's you, okay did you get resistance at first because i like you i'm a people pleaser and i, I find that i'm just starting to use that word and there's resistance in my life to it. People are are kind of saying, wait, wait, what? Yeah. I'm yeah. one of those people. You know, no. I think we're our only resistance. We're the ones that resist. Like, I can't, I just, you know, but yet when you, you know, when you are speaking up for yourself lovingly and understandingly, just, it's like, yeah, you know, this is going to be great. Cause I always kind of like back it up. You know, it's like, this is, that means that there's something else going on, you know, it might, it's just not, I'm always looking for that twist as, as to how it's going to spend the positive for that other person, you know, like, Hey, it didn't happen now, but guess what? Something's around the corner and it really is. It really is. It's called the next day. So, you know, <laughs> it's just great things. You just, like, right. just keep that going. Cause you just, we, uh, I think joy is our right. It is our right to have that joy and to keep that every day, every day, everybody, every day. It's a right, not a guarantee, though. That is yeah. true. It's that is true yeah. because there are things that are going to come at us, and that's when we got to breathe. Mm -hmm. And when we get through those trials, you know, we sit with our joy because we are here, and we still have the power to illuminate our life and illuminate others because we're here for each other, really. <laughs> And I don't mean to bring this up again, but again, removing the focus from yourself is a good way of saying no, realizing that, uh, you know, we let our ego sometimes get in the way. Oh, my goodness, they need me. They need me. I'm the one that they need. I need to do this for them. You know, stepping out of that and realizing that your ego needs to step aside because you're not the only one that can do that work for them and focus on them and what they can do without yeah. you to be successful. It's yeah. again, it's a great way to go. And it, it soothes the soul rather than makes you feel like you've done somebody wrong by saying no. And it helps to calm that inner <clears throat> argument that you're having with yourself. If you, yeah. again, just- Takes it to was, uh, control and you'll be controlled, really. Right. And you'll be released. And you'll be released, right. <laughs> Okay, we can't keep you any longer because you have to leave. You have yeah. to leave. But before you go, yes, Miss Maddie Mills, we have a game. Okay. It's called This or That. Okay. Or This or That. This and they're 10, 10 questions. Okay. And you, you have to tell us whether you want this or that, except you get a one, neither, like you don't want either, and one, both, meaning okay. you'd like both. I get but one of each. One of each. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, you have to give us a choice. I thought there wasn't going to be any math. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number one, performing or teaching? Teaching. Number two, boy bands or girl groups? Both. Oops. Ooh, she used that one pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, number three, pop or country? <laughs> uh, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh god i think i'll go i'll go for the puppy i'll go for pop okay. 
Boop. <laughs> okay, Miss Legs, shaving or waxing? Oh, waxing would be so much easier. All righty. Yeah. I'll take it you do then. <laughs> um, up with people or down with people? Oh, up with people. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> them all, all of them. The Tonys or the Grammys? The Tonys. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love you even more now. Yes! <laughs> Elton John or Rick Springfield? Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Oh. You know, you know, I have a personal feeling about this. Uh, you know, I, I'd have to say Rick. I love Elton, but being with Rick, no, on stage, <laughs> uh -huh. he's just such a fun individual. And he, it's just it's so great to see him perform. I get to back him up if anybody's wondering what the heck I'm talking about. I had the honor to back him up at a concert a couple of years ago. And just the salt of the earth guy, just let's have fun. It's like, okay. And, you know, that was fun. And you had a great time. I had a great like, time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Big Bird or Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse. Oh, Oh yeah. Very definitive. When are we going to Disneyland? Yeah, right. Soon. Soon. Tomorrow. You know, I would I just want to get through the gate and sit at the plaza and cry. I I want to cry. Just sit there and just go, I missed you guys. Maddie I just, Mills. I just want to like Favorite place. I have I'm, no idea. Oh you know, you know, with the exception of last year, we've gone for the last three years, right? Two years or three yeah. years. Yeah, oh, we've yeah. gone as a group. Oh, three. Oh. As, three. Yeah. Maybe That's you'll come so with us cool. next time. Yeah, I'll be at the front in, in the main street sitting on the bench. <laughs> we'll bring you a box of tears. <gasps> I love you guys. <laughs> I miss you so much. I know. <laughs> oh, okay, um, Edie Gourmet or Rosemary Clooney? Edie Gourmet. Oh, Rosemary Clooney. <sighs> we, we're friends, Maddie. Are we like all in sync here? We're, we're really no, I, in sync. I like, I like Rosemary, but I'm more of an Edie fan. Oh, that's okay. You can Edie yourself. I will. I'm going to Edie all by myself. <laughs> I also had an Annie, so I think there was some, you know, kindredness, oh. there's some spirit. All right, last one. Okay. Humor or, in, we're talking about a, a man now. Oh, Humor. Man. Okay. Humor or intelligence? Oh, God. Intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Cause, yeah. Because if humor is overdone, it gets old. As long as he's not a sourpuss. Exactly. And he has a <laughs> sense of humor, a little bit of a exactly. little bit. Somewhere in the intelligence, the humor is going to surface. Right. Right. You just have to maybe pick at it a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if somebody's all humor and no smarts, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. right. You're like, I never mind. Stop planning around. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, Miss Maddie Mills, uh, any last words, anything you'd like to share? Okay. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. I had no idea which, which type part of my life you were going to ask about because there's a lot of facets. So you brilliantly brought that all together. So it's just, yeah, keep the joy one day at a time, people. And wherever oh. you are, be there. I love it. Yes, good advice. And we said this uh, um, among us before we brought you on uh, that maybe we'll even get to work with you a little bit more this year. You Would never love know. It. You never know. Any capacity. see more of you. 
Yes, any I could capacity. be Mary Poppins or I, I can. Know. You can. You could be anything. You've done it all for us. I want to perform <laughs> with you again. That was even I more know. fun. That would be so fun. We sang a cappella together too. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. Forgot all about that. I know. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, those were some fun times, right? They were fun times. So we can do it again. Yes. I love you guys. Loving you right back. Thank you for okay. joining us. Oops, that's my okay. Hi there. <laughs> Boys and girls, Maddie Mills. Thank you. Love you all. Bye. One more. Thank you. She is such a delight and She's a veteran. I mean, she's been around. You heard she's been around. She's done everything. You know, we didn't even mention the fact that she's recorded for Disney on Ice, uh, that she has done, you know, performed for CBS, uh, for the NFL. Uh, there were so many things. Or did you say she did something for CBS? I don't think we did. On, no, I think, um, you know, I just kind of briefly that she sung for some of these uh, in, in the, you know, when we were bringing her on, but we didn't really get to dive into so much because there's so much to her, mm -hmm. you know, she's kind of a, I don't just, I don't want to make this sound weird, but she's kind of a one-stop shop in that she can do everything. Yes. Yes. And I think again, uh, for anybody who is interested in entertaining, performing, uh, being talent at a live event, uh, Maddie is the epitome of um, professionalism and the right kind of uh, attitude to walk in with because she uh, she makes it all about the people. She doesn't focus on herself and she uh, is magical. She just is effervescent and she just is very generous with her spirit. And it, it comes across, it plays, and it's, it, it can turn an ordinary evening into a quite beautiful one. It can change lives, make people happy, give them memories that they, you know, would otherwise not have. So uh, she is the epitome. Yep. You can ask her to do anything, as you just said, and feel comfortable that it'll be done with the utmost care It'll be done right. So and thank you. Too big or too small for her. She doesn't look at something and go, I'm not going to do that. She wants to do it. She'll do it. And she'll do an amazing job. And I think she makes her choices based on joy, right? If something sounds fun, mm -hmm. right? That's a great, uh, great way to live for sure. You know, what do they say? If you're having fun, you're not working. You, you don't work a day mm -hmm. in your life if you like what you do. That's it for us today. It's been a wonderful episode with Maddie Mills and Ms. Alex Apostolides. Do you have any final last words? You know, I, I, I'm just uh, being around Maddie and getting to see her again because it's been a while. But it, it, her her love and her joy is so infectious that I just I just feel really good. Like I I now I want to go do something fun. Well, you should. Yeah, I, I just want to go do something yeah. fun. Go do something for me. Yeah, go do it. Go do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you like listening to us, dang it. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Or find us wherever you find your podcasts. And subscribe. We need listeners. And if you want to talk or lend a comment or you know say what's on your mind, just go to Bellotta.com and look for the podcast tab. And uh, leave your message on that tab. And we will uh, respond to you. 
Until then, make it a great day. This is Anthony and Alex for Bolotified saying bye-bye. Bye. Bye.